Hey there, welcome back to the Dealership Fix-It Podcast. This is episode number 45, and today I've got the VP of Sales at Cardo Systems out of beautiful Texas, USA, Jamie Cheek. Jamie, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate the invitation. Yes, it is a beautiful Texas. <laughs> nice and sunny. <laughs> there's, there's, I, I, you know, and having lived there for 10 years, I can tell you that uh, it's that's an experience. I miss Texas, and I miss Texas people, which is why I keep in touch with a bunch of you guys that I knew when I was down there. And uh, nothing like uh, nothing like a Texan. I mean, there's nobody that's that's more proud of where they're at and where they're from. And I just absolutely what did what did the sticker say when I got there? The bumper sticker I saw it was I'm not from Texas. I got there as soon as I could. <laughs> yes, there's more more of those now than you've seen back then. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm sure brutal. Uh, low cost of living will do that to you. But uh, well, so Jamie and I have known each other for quite a long time. We haven't caught up in about forever, but um, uh, we've known each other from the moto scene in Texas. And uh, when I was a parts guy and then a rep down there with uh, with Scott Goggles. And Jamie has been, I don't know how you've been, 13, 14 years with Cardo now? Going on 13, so it's been a minute. That's a long, long time. That's a long time. In the business, you, you must be at the right place if you last that sort of length of time. There's a lot of migration that happens in and out of places at the, in this business. So you've been there a long time. Um, I was hoping on this episode to, uh, uh, to make sure to catch up on, maybe you could share with me a little bit of, of what you got going on, you know, um, the business itself, uh, what it looks like for a dealer that wants to do business or, or uh, get these products in if they don't have them, and maybe chat a little bit about uh, the products themselves. Uh, because, you know, I've got you on, and, and I'm actually sitting here as an old parts guy eager to, to learn a little bit as well. Um, back, in, back in my day, <laughs> you know, what we sold was those, what was it, uh, J&L, is that what they were called? Those J&M uh, and Chatterbox. J&M, and, uh, Chatterbox. There was a... There was there's a couple different brands out back yeah, then. Yeah, it's, it's like some a, of them still around. Yeah. Okay. Whole other world now, though. As far as what I, what I see out there to what I used to try to sell. Uh, but catch me up. Uh, um, you've been there a while. What's uh, what's going on at Cardo? You know, we've I've just seen it evolve over over the last 13 years, and 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 uh, actually very rapidly evolve since the beginning of Bluetooth back in the day. But believe it or not, Brian, there's still the customers out there that, that use still traditional plug-in-the-bike systems, mm. and they don't they don't run the Bluetooth route. And uh, those those customers are still out there, and, and a lot of the bikes even produced still today require the pin to run a, run a cord. So I don't think that technology will go away anytime soon because anytime you plug something in, it can be more more consistent than, than anything you run Bluetooth and, yep. and as everything evolves, you know, so that demand will still always be there, I think okay. for CB technology. But Cardo, you know, they, they continue, you know, back in the day, 13 years ago when I, when I uh, went to, to meet with the company it uh, one of the reasons I did is because obviously I rode and it was a new technology and I was trying to get familiar with the technology. And before I took the job, I went and, Use the product, like the product. The people that worked with me stood behind the product and had good company ethics. So that's where I began my journey with them. And uh, because obviously, being in sales, you know, uh, especially in the motorcycle industry, it's someone's name, not necessarily a brand. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to go promote a brand or a product, it, it was 
it better work because it was me being held accountable and not the company. So I believed in it, and here we are 13 years later. We're still making some of the best products out on the market, and uh, we're on the gas. So it's, uh, we've learned a lot from consumers and riders. And something you'll find with Cardo that's very unique in the industry is that, that everyone in the North American team, myself, uh, I got a gentleman on the West Coast, a gentleman on the East Coast, and in the Northeast as well, as well as customer service based in Dallas, Texas, uh, everyone rides and they use the product. So we're very familiar with what people go through using our product. And I think that relates when you go work consumer events and you're able to look someone in the eye and say, you know what, I've experienced that. I'm going to tell you why you're experiencing that or something is bad or good, right? Because we're all a big family. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they, they certainly, I'm sure, look to you guys with, you know, I imagine the different things I've done and, and it's certainly not been as technical as some of your products can be. I get that they've uh, probably become a lot easier and that's maybe part of the technology getting better is it's easier to use and, and easier to, to turn on and to not go wrong and all that. But yeah, I think that with technology, they really probably expect you guys to be able to, you know, quick answer with, yes, this happened to me. It just blows me away that, you know, um, that we're in the time where, yeah, you don't go without your music or talking, you know, and that's just the expectation. Um, you know, you guys, I know, um, it sounds like as far as I've, um, as far as I've heard, I've not had one of your setups in my helmet, but everything I hear is that your sound quality is, uh, is kind of the top of the heap these days. Yeah, it is. It's never been terrible, but technology kept, you know, kept actually audio from streaming in a perfect world to where the challenges were back in the day, you know, in the er- the early part of Cardo and even the mid mid Cardo, you know, even at six, seven years ago, the problem was the way music was streamed from, from uh, wireless devices and sometimes wasn't the best way to stream. And I think the industry in general, outside of Cardo, just with phones and, and uh, iPods and things of that nature, got to where they were they were sending music out in such a better way that it enabled companies like ours to capture the music and make the best of it. And then we started working. Products with sound JBL. And that's when those guys really took it to the next level for us and went in and, and they fine-tuned some algorithms to, to, to where to let music, you know, depending on what the, what the consumer is listening to, it gives you different style of equalizers built into the backside of our app that allows the, the music experience to even be that much better. So that really got over the hurdle. The other hurdle you have, and, and you've probably witnessed this over the years, Brian, when, when you did work at a parts counter selling any kind of Bluetooth, is a lot of consumers, they actually put the speakers in the wrong place in the helmet. So it gives them a, uh, a bad experience with volume. Yep. It makes the music sound terrible, which, which has nothing to do with technology. It's just, you know, the dealers have to realize, you know, they have to educate a consumer really well about where to put a speaker. And it's very important that speaker goes over the ear canal. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're not going to have a good experience. Yep. And you're going to think it sounds terrible. You know, um, speaking of, of that, it makes me remember that here just recently, you guys had um, outfitted a bunch of motocross, supercross racers, right? For a race. Yeah, we did. Yep. <laughs> I was blown away to be like, dude, that's, we should be, we should have been there now that, you know, obviously you see it, 
but I know it's against the rules in the AMA racing, but uh, that Monster Energy Cup, first time that's uh, that's happened, right? Yeah, that was kind of a unique deal. I had worked with uh, several people for, for a long time, and it happened. Man, it really happened. Uh, just a relationship. Uh, a gentleman, uh, you know, uh, JH and, and, and Ricky Carmichael, uh-huh. those guys had been using it for a while, and uh, JH had reached out, and we started talking, and, and we met through some mutual friends, and we just started talking about, hey, you know, this would be really cool to, to try this, because, you know, Supercross is, is it's been talked about for a long time because of the safety aspect. Mm-hmm. If there's a red flag, they can notify riders there's a red flag immediately without a rider visually having to scan for a red flag. And they've mm-hmm. had some instances where where they've had uh, possible, you know, they could have a possible crash or somebody get landed on jumping on a red flag. So from a safety aspect, it was big. So we started talking with Selden AMA and uh, kind of last minute, couple months before monster energy cup we all came together and said you know what there's no better place to just try it let's see some feedback we've never really had it in an event like this an event like that never allowed it so let's do it and we actually had nothing but positive feedback there was 26 26 units out at one time uh on the track and uh every rider it was positive feedback and they really enjoyed it. They liked being able to talk to their crew if they needed to. The crew liked being able to talk to them. Uh, it just was a, a very, very educational platform for both our, you know, Cardo and the, the riders and getting the feedback and the AMA and sales of seeing the positive feedback from an environment like that. So I'm not saying that it's going to happen next year, but I, I do think that one day we will see, you know, we will see the okay to have communication supercross well and outdoors exciting to see that because to me uh, you know that just that it was going to happen at at least that one-off race at that point you know that it's on the possibility list or it's you know for consideration you know or you know shoot down why it's not safe or shoot shoot down uh, any sort of reasons that they think that it shouldn't be there whether it's you know unfair advantage and not everybody would have these and whatever whatever sort of the expectation would be but I just think how amazing that could be. Like you'd say, whether it's a red flag or I don't know, caution flag or something. And just all these examples when somebody's sort of out there in the zone and you see a guy come up around a corner and over a jump and somebody's there, I don't know how they would exactly do that except the team warning them or, you know, kind of like they do with those bright flashy lights now on the takeoff of a big triple or something, if it's good to go or not to go, you know, I don't know if they do that in Supercross today, but I know in like arena cross and these other places they had done that for the safety aspect, I just think definitely this could be a good communication tool for that. Yeah, I think it was both a good learning experience for us and the AFA instilled of, of what the needs are and what what the questions for the riders are moving forward because a lot of it is how does it change racing? You know, can you can you go faster by someone telling you what you're doing wrong out there during a race or what your competition's doing right and you need to try? So it brings up, you know, I know a couple of the riders out there were, were really talking to me about it because it helped them shave down some of their lap times at, at Mech because while they were doing their practice sessions, their, you know, their mechanic or whatnot would be able to tell them, hey, so-and-so's, you know, doing a double-triple, yep. try that line. Yep. And they would hit it and, and they would be like something they didn't think of, but yet someone else saw it visually and was able to tell them immediately and they tried it and it upped their game. Uh-huh. So it really, uh, 
you know, we had one guy too that had a flat and he was able to tell his crew coming in before he was coming in, Hey, I got a flat. And they were prepared versus him coming in and yelling at them on the sideline. Hey, I got a flat and them not being prepared. They were already prepared, ready to change out the wheel, you know, right mm-hmm. there pulling up. Mm-hmm. Saved them a lot of time. So a lot of benefits of it. There's uh, I kind of envision too that if, you know, not that, you know, I mean, I get that there are plenty of people that push back and think we have too much technology everywhere, like, you know, for our kids and all this sort of deal. But I picture like if you've got a little dude or dudette, you know, out there on the racetrack and, and eventually um, these these deals are, you know, a known entity as far as racing and they allow it in sort of AMA or whatever. Well, if you've got a little one out there on the track and they go, even though the track, you know, <laughs> They're out there doing their speeds, but in there the back section, and all of a sudden, little junior doesn't come around out of the back. You know, if if mom or dad could know exactly what's up with him, you know, by talking to him, where are you at? What's going on? I just think that's you know be pretty amazing if that sort of thing existed at that level. Yeah, it, it's big in that, and what I'm finding too is it's big with uh, you know so called fifty dads. Yeah. You know, they, they want to train their kid at your local track. Well, they're 50 dads always want to step up, you know, <laughs> and there's always been a communication issue with 50 dads and, uh, shouting their, shouting now, their voice out. no, totally. And now, now I've got a lot of 50 dads stepping up going, I didn't know it could be used from that. Where do we get it now? I want it now. And their kids <laughs> just looking at them like, wow, really? <laughs> uh-huh. I want so less of dad's I, voice. Yeah. <laughs> No, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's amazing the number of calls I've been getting about, about the 50 dads. Mm-hmm. So many 50 dads want that. And now I've got, you know, and even 85 riders. And, and I say 50 dads, it's funny, but it's anything from, <laughs> from whatever, 250s or 50s or 125s. Any dad or, or anybody involved, they all are starting to see the, the need for this and even training and now that the training aspect of it, even even if they don't get to use it racing, mm-hmm. the training aspect has become so big with it right now that it's it's on fire for us, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's really been good. The um, you know, I'm all about um, you know, getting the sound when you want it, and then also some of what we do involves you know, quiet except the sound of an engine or the tires or the wind or whatever, depending on sort of what riding we're doing. So I'm all about it. The one of the last big rides I did, of course, I had a Bluetooth communicator deal and I was dead set, you know, rock and roll. I'm playing some music to get me jazzed up and the first hour in, okay, then the music changes. And then before I know it, I'm like, I need a break, you know, like I've been having fun, but I just want some quiet. And then I went for, you know, half a day, nothing, no sound, you know, but it, what's nice is that sort of that connectedness, whether it's music or talking to someone and you know that you can shut off and, and, uh, get your scenery in and get your riding done and, uh, you know, that sort of access to, um, being available is there. I just think that's, you know, it's an interesting time we live in for that. It is. And there's so much now you can do with technology in general. I mean, I didn't even realize it's probably about a year ago. I was messing around with things on my phone like I did. And I was an Amazon prime member. Well, I didn't realize that, that, uh, Amazon music is free with Amazon prime on an app. Mm-hmm. And basically it's Alexa driven. So you can have an Amazon music app if you're a prime member on your phone. And then you have a, an endless amount of music right there, all controlled by speech through a headset riding down the road. Hmm. And that's pretty amazing. And then all the apps out nowadays that are, you know, GPS and uh, each phone, it's all done by speech. And with our latest technology, it's all, it's all uh, 
natural voice operation. So really, there's no need to touch a button. There's no need to touch your phone. You just verbally tell it. And that's only going to get stronger as technology grows in general. The, the artificial intelligence, the, the speaking and the, and the voice, you'll just tell it what to do. And we're ahead of the curve on that for sure. I mean, uh, ours is already so controlled by speech. Just by saying, hey, Cardo. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And um, I know that, you know, like with doing this podcast now, it's when I first started doing it, somebody told me, oh, you can probably see if your Google, your Google Home will do that. And I did it. And I was like, oh, man, it just started playing a podcast. Hilarious, you know. And then I've had guys test and do, because I don't have an Alexa, but I've had people test the Alexa deal the same way. And that's, you know, as much as it was a surprise to me, and I think I'm relatively caught up with with uh, many layers of technology, it's ever moving. And yeah, if your if your communicator isn't good at deciphering what your command is, then yeah, you're gonna be left behind. So it's good if if Cardo's got that up on the priority list and, and rock and roll on that. Well, what we've been able to do with our Pack Talk brand is is we've been able to pack it full of technology but yet leave it simplistic enough that you don't need technology to make it work which was hard for us to do uh at first because back in the day of our g9 g9x we released it and it was full of technology but it was so full of technology no one really knew how to use it so we got a bad rap for a little while of being complex and we were i knew how to use it it was a good product but if you didn't know how to use it it was a bad product. Then we started making our DMC technology with our mesh network, and uh, we made it very simplistic to whereas now you just get it out of the box and turn it on and talk to each other when it comes in a pair of two, and you don't have to pair them. You just talk like you and I are talking. Mm. But yet, if you want to get crazy with technology and make it do a lot of things with the phones out there nowadays, and even the bike integrations out there nowadays, you can, you can do that as well. I mean, our products work with the Hondas, the Harleys with the WIM system, with the BMWs, with the Indians. I mean, so many manufacturers are coming out with Bluetooth that streams to headsets like ours uh, independently, and, and they really, really work well. Honda is probably one of the best out right now, the most simplistic to pair to on the market. It's almost like Honda Accord. You switch it over, boom, hook it up, you're done. Indian's doing a great job of it too, and then and then BMW, theirs is getting pretty crazy too. So so you got a lot of manufacturers that are getting on board with, hey, we're going to have to have this because that's the way it's going. Mm-hmm. And and also what I'm seeing now versus five years ago is you got that 70 year old rider that breaks out an iPhone. <laughs> hey, I want to pair it to my iPhone, and and you know five years ago that did not happen. Yeah, my, well, my flip phone, phone work, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so they, it's been you know I drive a lot of it to the uh, the phone companies. They're making all these you know iPhones and Android are pretty much saturated everywhere with touchscreens, and it's making the older generation adapt, and that's actually making them more intrigued about products like ours because they adapt to this big screen, and then they want something that pairs to it, and something easy to use. And then on top of that, we have an app that helps control it so that, that, you know, somebody can open our app up, look at what the features and functions are on the product itself, and it helps them out in a visual manner. And they ought to push buttons on the side of their helmet. So I see the older generation too being like, wow, this is this is easy. Mm-hmm. So now we're on top of our game with, with ease of use and then packed with technology. And when you get to that point, you know, we've seen the results. It's, it's, uh, it's a good point to be at. Let's, um, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Hey, we're back. I'm back with, with Jamie Cheek out of Cardo Systems. I want to kind of, you know, you guys just went to a quick break. I'll have a little commercially deal in there, I'm sure. But um, goofy enough, I was 
I'm on this call with Jamie. It's I do these and kind of give you guys the backstory. When I do these, I'm on a phone, uh, you know, making a phone call, and then uh, the sound is plugged in through Bluetooth to my podcast board. It's usually seamless, no issues. This time, I got a phone call a few minutes in, and you guys may have heard Jamie went from being in stereo to just on one ear, and I heard it on my headset, but I couldn't change it, so. He's back in full stereo, no fault of Cardo. Funny that this happens on a, on a Cardo episode. It's no fault of Cardo. Cardo kicks ass. We've got uh, my sort of technology gap on podcast equipment, I guess. So <laughs> It changed yesterday, I'm sure. <laughs> it's ever moving. And unfortunately, I have a real job, not just a podcast guy where I can't keep up with this stuff, it feels like. but So you were talking about um, Pack Talk. Um, some of these pieces, I, I wanted to ask you about, I know one of the sort of issues that I had heard through the years and then I experienced with it with a different Bluetooth uh, helmet communicator system was sort of um, sound and or things like, you know, does it have enough bass? Does it all these different pieces of it? It looks like you guys have, have moved the needle quite a bit in that regard. You want to talk a little bit about that? We did, and like I said, it, and that has a lot to do with how technology's evolved. I mean, back in the day, you know, until we until we have had the pack talk come out, we were we were held back at running a uh, thirty-two millimeter real thin speaker that was not able to be disconnected from the headset. I mean, you you had what you had unless you went and did some modifications on your own to have a, uh, a three point five jack extend the line and then run earbuds and then equalization. I mean, it was, it was a bit challenging. So basically now on all of our products, you have a standard 3.5 jack. So if you basically do not like our speakers, which most people do, but if you don't, or you find they're too big or you want to run custom molded earbuds, just plug them into our 3.5 jack and, and run it. So that, that'll now allows the consumer now to, to really step it up in sound and run what they want. Most people run our stuff, but again, there's those guys that, that really, really want to run it in the air and super loud, and it does do that. Well, I, so that's really helped. I can tell you that from not my experience, but the the recommendation I gave one of my oldest and best friends who uh, who I rode, you know, did motocross with as a kid, and he's been a Harley guy and a cruiser guy, but a long haul. He does some big stretches um, when he rides, but he's never been a guy with uh other than you know setting up some sort of in-ear setup in his helmet and then of course when i'd ride with him we'd stop he'd have to pull his helmet off pull the earbuds out and all this jazz and i was like why don't you get one of the new you know uh systems that sent the music's really good on him and he's like i've tried them they suck whereas his his deal was always for so long it was that and not even that long ago it was probably within the last six or eight or nine months i feel like he he had reached out and he's like i, I might want to do one of those did you say there's one that is supposed to be better. And I was like, now look, I've not tried it, but I know that some of the guys over at Cardo and I've heard really good things in the industry and some of the reviews about their stuff, you should go try it. And he went to a place that had him in stock uh, with his helmet. They hooked it all up for him and he's raving. He's recommending to all of his friends about it. And he must've got that the new, the pack talk bold because he's just raving about it. And I'm like, okay, now I talked to you and I guess I'm going to talk myself into the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that 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 we hear that a lot. I mean they they've had bad experience with sound over the years, and then they 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 go out and and they go and do it, and with the newer stuff that's out, and they have a completely different experience. Uh-huh. And we see that a lot. 
And it has a lot to do with the helmet, too. We have a lot of guys that go out and they buy a very inexpensive open-faced helmet, and then they're running down the road on a bike with no fairing. And although their ears are somewhat closed because it is an open-faced helmet, if it doesn't fit well enough around you know the side of their temple, you got airflow rolling through there. And that airflow goes directly between the ear and the speaker, and then it creates noise and that also has a lot to do with it. So there's a lot of things that have to do with good sound in helmets. And the quality of a helmet has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, expecting a lot out of it, right? With with uh with a helmet that's, you know, themselves can be loud even even the night, you know, some of the better quality if you get ventilation in them, you sometimes get a lot of air noise in there, so Yeah, correct. You do. Wind noise has a lot to do with it. It's like driving a convertible, you know, with with uh two speakers sitting in the floorboard. You're not going to hear it good, but it's going to be loud. Mm-hmm. What um, you guys now? Uh, you're through distribution, right? You've got distributor or distributors that sell your stuff. Correct. Okay. We're sold. We're you know we're sold at you know Tucker carries our product and WPS carries our product. Okay, perfect. So parts folks listening, uh, you probably already know that, but if your rep for either of those companies hasn't done you some cool demos and explained the product to you, which I'm sure they already have, but if, if you weren't there and they didn't do it with you, then make sure to get with them and get to talk about the product. What, um, what are some things that you think like, cause if we're, if we're, if I'm sitting here chatting with you and we've got folks at dealership level listening, um, what are either some misconceptions that, you know, that at dealerships that you'd like to make sure they know, or is there some stuff that guys maybe get wrong? They could do a better job of selling this sort of product. If, you know, something happened, what do you, what do you and your team see that could, uh, could be better to help these dealers get more action on this stuff? Yeah, I would just recommend for a lot of dealers, you know, that I see that they don't, they're afraid of technology. They're afraid to ask questions. Uh, and if you're not educated about your product and you don't know about your product, you're not going to be able to sell your product. And that goes with anything out there. You have to, you have to know it. And I'm not saying you have to know every bell and whistle backwards and forwards to sell it, but you have to be, your parts department has to be somewhat familiar with what does what. One of the biggest things out there right now is, is there's still people that don't understand the difference between Bluetooth and mesh technology. And just a quick scenario of the difference of that is, there's some great Bluetooth products on the market that do bike to bike, which we were one of the first to come out with it. Uh, but there's limitations to Bluetooth. Anytime you're running Bluetooth, you are daisy chained. Like I'm paired to you, you're paired to a guy in front of you, and I'm talking to him through you, Brian. Mm-hmm. What happens is we're riding down the road, and you tell me, "Hey, Cheek, I gotta, I gotta run off up here to the store, and uh, I'm gonna get a water. You guys keep going, I'll catch you." As soon as you leave in between us, I can no longer talk to the guy that was in front of you because you were my connection to him. Okay. That is any communication product on the market that is Bluetooth. There's not one out there that doesn't work that way. That's normal. So a lot of guys buy Bluetooth and don't understand that's the way it works and they have a bad experience and they think it don't work properly when in actuality they just didn't realize how it works. That's number one. So when the mesh technology came out in 15, we actually wrote the code to develop mesh. We didn't outsource it. And uh, basically mesh eliminates all that. It's a self-healing platform that there's no, no mic to yell at and open up. And then it doesn't really matter the, the, the way you ride. It self-heals. So if me and you and the other guy are going down the road and you split off to go to the store, I still, still talk to him. When you catch up with us, you still talk to us. It doesn't limit how we ride. 
if there's a group of 10 of us and come to a split in the road, you know, four can go one way, six can go the other. Everybody still talks. And then we come back together, we're all talking again. It's instant communication too. So from a safety aspect, with, with Bluetooth on the market, you have to activate the mic and then talk to someone. Well, you and I both know that in scenarios when you're riding, I need to talk to you right now. I don't need to activate the mic. I might say, watch out for that stump when you're following me through the mountains or something. And, and by, if there's a delay, you're, you're going to hit it and I'm turning around to go get you. Right. So from a safety aspect, mesh, mesh has became the, pretty much the industry, industry standard. And that makes it very simplistic because there is no mic to, to activate. You just turn it on and talk. Uh, so those two things there, learn understanding the product and learning also with the bikes they work with. If you're a Honda dealership, go grab one off the shelf and go pair it to the Honda. Yeah, it works. Because uh-huh. I know your customer's going to come in there and ask you, hey, how do I pair it with this bike? And if you don't know how to pair it with that bike, you know, they want educated. And that's some of the things nowadays dealers have to realize. You know, there's the Amazons in the world, and, and they're great. But being able to provide that consumer with a value for being in your shop, you know, sure, they might bring up to you price match, but you can charge a little bit more than on Amazon because you're showing value in that shop. You're taking your time with that consumer, and they're probably going to buy something else other than one little product for you. And I think nowadays, more so than ever, showing the customer value while they're in your shop, you've got them there and you captured them and, and they need to buy it from you and showing them the value is very important there. Yeah, I think that's very true. And obviously the fact is if, if somebody's buying a bike, for example, whether it's a new bike, used bike or whatever, a bike, and, and like you're saying, if it's one that integrates with this sort of thing and you're in, a, in, your, in your department person in, in parts and you're going to try to upsell somebody just showing them a box and saying how easy it is, you're, you're right. It's it's you're likely to not get that sort of uh, impulse buy to happen if it's if it's supposed to be impulsive and easy and all that. It's unlikely to happen if if you're you know going to try to demo it for them or tell them how easy it is and you don't know, or you try to demo it and it ain't so easy because you haven't tried it before. You know you want to do that before you're on the spot, right? Have that have that figured out so it is as easy as it's supposed to be, and you haven't made it more difficult in your in your demo on the fly. No, absolutely, and if it, you know, it doesn't have to be everyone in your parts department, but at least one person in your parts department. You know, some of my most successful shops they kind of segment their parts department, and they have a guy that's an expert in Bluetooth, and he may be the expert in Bluetooth helmets and gloves, but he is the expert at that, and he's the go-to. So when any consumer comes in, that guy's always the go-to. He knows his stuff, and uh, they're they're very successful at doing it that way. Some of the shops, you know, all of them know it because all of them. I mean, they ride with it. They know it. And it's, it's become pretty much a standard that, man, that stuff's cool these days. So it's, it's, uh, it's cool for the shops that can do all of them. But if you're a shop and you just want to designate some people and make them be the ones that are the experts, I think that's some value too. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, ultimately, I guess if you guys are in departments where this is could, you know, should fall under you and you should know about it, you should definitely immerse yourself in it, get with your, your uh, distributor reps about this, ask for demos. If you don't know this stuff inside now, um, <clears throat> you know, definitely can help. It's, I think the part that, you know, to me as this is one of the components, this sort of thing, just like in like a new automobile, for example, they come out and, you know, they get the auto shows going and the people are jibber jabbing on how great something is on a new automobile. And you look and you're like, okay, so there's, you know, 
ultimately has a lot changed in the performance of the car. No, like if it's still a gas gasoline car and all these sort of things. But you look and all this tech, right, is being added at all these layers of tech and they're one up in each other on tech sides of things. So, you know, to me, that's an obvious indicator of of how much we as consumers are expecting that integration of tech and, and seamless. Right. We want it to be easy. We get in, you know, our music's playing on our phone. We get in the car, it turn on the car, it starts playing. These sort of things are kind of where we're headed. So the sort of the product that Cardo has, I think, you know, fits right in that space of what consumers we know are after. And I think, you know, if nothing else, you can help further integrate different people that wouldn't have ridden before because it might have thought there was like boring, you know, to ride with no radio or to ride with no phone. Uh, people that are new to motorcycling, this is, I think, right up the alley for them to get them involved. Yeah, it, it, it is that for sure. And also, you know, I got some shops that, that run them on demo helmets. So when a customer comes in and they want to go, go ride that new bike, you know, they'll call them when they're out on the ride on it. Or they'll follow them and talk to them on the ride. How are you liking the way it's turning? How are you liking the power curve? Yep. And they talk to them during the ride, so they learn about the consumer as well. And they, they start building a, a relationship with that consumer immediately. And it's through, it's through conversation, even when you're out riding. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, there's a lot of value there. But shops nowadays, they got to show that. They have to show that, that extra consumer awareness and the need there. And because the Amazons of the world's not going away, it's just going to get stronger. So to show that value from a, from a shop perspective, it's it's very important. You mm-hmm. know, do the installation on the helmet. You know, hey guy, I'm gonna put it in for you right now. That's showing that value. They get something online, they can't get it installed online, right? And they're just gonna bring it to you asking you. So so that value there, that's you know, I got some shops that charge an hour shop rate to install a cardo on a helmet. Mm. And and a lot of them get it, but they warranty they, they warranty the wiring on them. They do they do several different things, but they get to sell there because they do that. Or they'll say, hey, you know what? Pay retail and and uh, I'll give the installation free. Well, they just captured that consumer. They should, dealers got, have got to think outside the box nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's, Important. That's interesting to to imagine, right? So if you know if a parts guy is up there and there's no customers, right? If the parts guy can do it or, you know, technically can install and you want to take care of the customer, great. But also if a guy who, like you're saying, if a guy's buying himself a bike and buying himself X, Y, and Z different accessories and he wants it all ready to rock, certainly, yeah, you could, I'm sure for the convenience of turnkey, you can get, there are customers who will pay for that to make sure it's done and it's all dialed. Absolutely. In fact, probably like you, and I know for sure like me, I have way less, t- I mean, it's not like I have a load of money, but I can tell you that I have a whole lot less time and all the things I still want to get done that don't get done on time. So for me, a lot of times I show up and I'll say, yeah, can you guys do this? And I bet you, I bet you if I asked a shop when I'm buying a bike to do something like this, Several of my shops will look at me like, really? Don't you just do that yourself? That's easy. They would probably say something along those lines, but just because I don't know if, if any of the, the guys that I work with here locally have thought that that way. So that's that's an interesting point for sure to, to get those guys thinking about. Yeah, and they have to think that way. It's uh, important and going the extra mile for the consumer nowadays is really something I push pretty hard even from a cardio standpoint. I mean, if I'm at a trade show and there's a guy with an issue, I'm going to go that extra mile and He's going to be Cardo for life. I've got customers since 06 that, that just never strayed away because we, you know, one of the things I preach is got to treat them right, man. I want to treat them like I want to be treated if I buy a brand out there from a shop or if I buy something. You know, if it's within reason and it's, it, 
and they're they're the guy they should be, then you know, take care of them. It's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Do uh, can you can you say any sort of would you get any sort of positive feedback from an individual rider or anybody out there was surprised? Would you can you call anybody out for anything that happened at the Monster Energy Cup, or is it super secret sauce? No, it's not secret. I mean, it's it's out now. I mean, if you go, if you just Google in Yahoo Cardo at Monster Energy Cup and watch the 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 video out there, I mean, you got a lot of top notch riders. Alessi, uh, Chad Reed used it. I mean, uh, with some other guys, Benny Blos used it with KTM. Uh, a lot of up and coming riders. I mean, there were so many riders out there. I have to list somewhere, but. You know, those guys all had positive things to say. Uh, one of the big advocates, even in the beginning of the of the video clip, when you watch it, was was Carmichael talking about the need for it and how well it works. And actually, this week, if you go to Carmichael's goat farm videos and watch this week in training at his goat farm, for all the people that qualified to go to goat farm this year in Florida, they're all using Cardos right mm-hmm. now. And another cool aspect, it's something that I've always been a big advocate of, is, is dude, if your stuff works good, you're going to build a relationship without having to go pay millions of dollars. Somebody the other day was telling me, man, Cheek, I bet that Monster Energy Cup cost you guys so much money to participate. And I looked at them and said, actually, it didn't cost us anything. <laughs> and they were amazed. And I'm like, dude, my, my mesh works. The people that were involved in that, they, they had experienced nothing but positive things with my mesh. And they wanted to go out and use Pack Talks, and that's why they continuously use it. It didn't cost us anything to show up. We didn't pay Carmichael to do anything. They just liked the brand so much and liked the technology so much, and it worked so good. They were excited to come to, to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was in reverse, and, and that's the way it should work. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that was a good thing. But nothing – I expected some negative stuff to come out of it. Really no negative stuff came out of it. The um, the way that that was used at, at Monster Energy Cup was for communicating, right, person to person. But right, uh, do you imagine at some point, other than I mean, guys could listen to music when they ride if they wanted to, right? They didn't probably at the race. You know, they could if they wanted to. Yeah, uh, they didn't at the race. I don't. I don't think. I think some of the top level riders probably never will do that. Uh, for one, you got to stream music to it somehow, and I don't think anyone's going to put anything on the bike to stream music to it. I like running music when I ride, but I run it, you know, from a different source. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if guys would go that way or not. I mean, some of them, we had all kinds of different personalities and different experiences, and and you know, I had a couple riders that that instructed that the text do not talk to me unless I ask you something. Mm. Or unless you see an emergency, so they didn't want bothered in a sense of yep. you know, and 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 the text, you know, it, they they said cool. They they each individual team kind of knew their style and how they wanted to use it, and when you know, one rider was like, okay, from from this point to this point, when I pass you, that's the only time I want you telling me anything. Instead of reading the pit board, I want you telling me something there. Don't talk to me the rest of the track. This is a distraction. That's, but uh, the riders also liked it to when they could talk back whenever they wanted, unless they had a problem. Okay, they're driving it. They're they're driving. I mean, physically and obviously figuratively, right. they're driving the deal. And that's interesting because you know that you think about somebody that's in in a sport in a professional sport, and obviously they need to get their brain and body in the zone. 
And if they're in the yeah. zone and like you'd say, if a mini dad gets gabbing to them about all the things under the sun when they're riding, are they really focusing on all the things that their brain needed to do to be in, right in the zone? Now they're, they're being distracted the whole time. So that's interesting. What I imagine like for local racers or if they wanted to do something more, I'm picturing like freestyle guys, free ride guys, guys just out riding, you know, just that music aspect, not so much in the, the racing, but you know, um, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting that we can integrate all this stuff now. Well, and it's crazy that the the younger rider realm, you know, Ryder Floyd, Cheyenne Harmon, some of that younger generation, they were they were so on board with it and and found it so fascinating. Uh, and then and then it, it was just those guys just they still actually keep in contact with me and continue to use it. That that whole team of, of the younger guys, the younger generation, it's uh, it's it's really neat to see that. And then I had Eric Sorby, you know. He came and, and we talked for a long time. I ended up sending him some product out to France mm. and that's where he's doing his training and he's using it over there right now, all for training since Monster Energy Cup because of the need for it. So this thing continues to grow and it's the mesh network that's allowing that. Well, just like, you know, if I talk to my kids and talk about, you know, that when I was their age, I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a, you know, name all these things that we didn't have. You know, we had a phone on the wall, right? Of course, those days, but <laughs> talk to the kids. Exactly. And I have to imagine that in what, 10 years, you know, if we're talking to moto racers on whatever, they're going to be electric bikes or whatever they're going to be at that point, hybrid, <laughs> whatever it is, ultimately, you know, you're going to tell a kid in that many years. Yeah. When I was a racer, you know, and dad was racing, you know, we didn't communicate. We had a pit board. What? You know, I'm sure it'll be like that then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Mind blown. Right. So, well, cool, man. I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, anything else that, that you think should be shared? We shared, I think some good little secrets, uh, for, for parts and parts and service folks. Um, anything else you want to share out or give an attaboy to anybody? You know what? I just appreciate the dealer network for supporting Cardo and anything we can do for you. Like I said, we're lo located in Dallas. Just call us up. I mean, any any if you want training on our products, that's easy too. Just talk with your distributor rep and uh, and schedule it. And and one of the guys from Cardo will come by and train your shop on the product. So yeah, hook it up to the bikes. Uh, we stay pretty busy doing that. If you're running any trade shows or or you're any of your local shows, you want some support out there, and you want to host a Cardo night. Let us know, man. We'll come out and support you. We're, we're pretty big on supporting the dealers. We've worked with a lot of them. We have a big following for some dealers, and, and uh, it works out really well for us. We'll go that extra mile for you. Love it. Perfect. Okay, man. Well, thanks for jumping on with us tonight, and uh, we'll hope to talk to you again in the future. But you guys go check out Cardo's stuff. Please share uh, this episode with anybody that works in and around dealerships or would be interested to know about the Cardo stuff and what's going on. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.